There's been a lot of um, talk about truth, people trying to find truth. Um, been a lot of definitions of what truth is. My truth, your truth, our truth. You know, what is truth? Um, there's been a lot of opinions about that. And uh, another, um, another ingredient to add to the mix is a new book written by um, a Clearfield, Pennsylvania author, Joshua Sykes. Um, and uh, he's a journalist. Uh, he used to work for um, a local newspaper in central Pennsylvania. And he has a brand new uh, book out called Truth Poet, Truths of Our Fallen World and Glorious Gods, published by Inspiring Voices. Uh, and Josh uh, delves into truth on various levels. Some truth is quite hard and controversial. Much of it is comforting. But he believes that truth is an important thing and needs to be shared in any way possible. And in this stupid world we live in, there's been a lot of truth out there that claim to be truth. thing is, though, <laughs> the way is, uh, if, if uh, everybody has a truth, then truth ceases to exist. You can't have multiple truths. You can have multiple lies, but you can only have one truth. And Sykes is talking about the truth found in Jesus. The book is full of poems and real situations and song lyrics offering you probably a different lens. It might even spur you in personal growth. And the one thing he wants you to take away is that Jesus loves you right where you are, no matter who you are just get to know him because he is truth. Um, truth Poet is available now, uh, about 274 pages. You can pick it up at Amazon or Barnes & Noble and other places, I'm sure, as the word gets out. But I had a chance to talk with uh, Joshua Sykes about this new book on the Truth Poet. Folks have said that you can't fix stupid, so if you can't fix it, you may as well make fun of it. I'm Eric Lane, and this is my stupid world. given a piece of my mind to so many people, it's a wonder I've still got a mind left. So if you find leftovers advertising, there's plenty of them to go around. It's the perfect diet if you're going insane from everything going on in this stupid world. And it's created using Anchor. Anchor makes recording and sharing audio as simple as talking on the phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify, find out more at anchor.fm. Little, give me a little bit of background uh, about, you know, uh, who you are. I mean, you have like a – in your press release, you've got like a little bio and, you know, this this kind of thing. So uh, tell you what, we, what we, we can get started by just kind of introducing yourself. And um, you're a new author from Clearfield, PA. So kind of get, get, get me up to speed on who is Joshua Sykes. <laughs> sure. Um, well – I, I grew up in the area up here. I'm originally from a smaller town called Kerwinsville. I've lived in Clearfield the past 10 or 12 years, something like that. Um, I'm a graduate of Penn State University. I have a degree in uh, 
journalism oh. and a minor in English. Wow. That's cool. Uh, and w particularly in journalism, were you doing a print journalism or just journalism in general? Uh, my main uh, study was in photojournalism, so okay. taking photos and doing media and things like that. Right, right. Then have you done any – have you worked in journalism at all? Did you go right from Penn State in, into a job, or, or have you just sort of like done authoring or any books, any other you know, writing or whatever? Um, I, I did work for the Center Daily Times down there in State College for about two years as a photographer for them. I I got uh, a little tired of how depressing the news was all of the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I got out of that profession because of that, because it was it was uh, a lot of down stuff all the time. Well, now that's interesting. You know, I, I mean, I have my degree in uh, actually it's not necessarily journalism, but it was radio television at Arkansas State University many, many years ago, back when they were teaching yellow journalism back in school. Yeah. Um, and I would probably agree that there is a lot of depressing news out there, you know, and, and I should say there's a lot of news that people cover that are depressing. There's plenty of good news out there. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that, and that's what it was. It was all of the big stories that we were told to get. And I'm not putting down this, the center daily times or anything, because I think it's true for all media. Um, the, the stories that they want us to go get and things like that, they were always the negative things and the, the terrible stuff that was happening and all the, all the good things were kind of like a little blurb here or there. And it wasn't, it wasn't covered a whole lot. Yeah. So that, that got to me personally. And so I, I got out of the, the journalism field. So, uh, well, what did you go into then with this uh, education and some experience in journalism and writing? What what was the next step for you? Um, I worked at a bank for five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, that's good. <laughs> it, it took a little bit of a detour, um, but I, I really I think God had me there for a specific purpose because I, I met lots of really nice people who I'm still in contact with and friends with today. Um, but then after that, I got into in my current profession. Uh, I work as a I, I do something called independent living and it's, okay. I work with teenagers that are in foster care and placement. Okay. Um, teaching them skills and relationship building and things like that, that they might not have gotten growing up being in the system and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm familiar with independent living, that kind of thing. So I'm sure that's probably giving you a little more fulfillment. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, I, I was not getting fulfillment at the bank, um, <laughs> but I, I definitely am now. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of doing much of anything else other than this. Yeah. Was any of this uh, kind of a catalyst or an inspiration for a decision to uh, to write this this book uh, that uh, you've put out here, a, a poetry collection here? Um, it played some parts. Um, I I've loved writing poetry since I was um, in sixth grade. I remember mm -hmm. an assignment that we did one time, um, and it was a poetry assignment. I wrote a poem, and that was the very first one I ever wrote. And wow. it was published in an anthology. Um, I've never had a copy of that, but I, I, it was published in a, like a nationwide anthology. It, my teacher had sent wow. it in and things like wow. that. 
Um, and my minor in English at Penn State was basically in poetry. I took more poetry okay. classes than anything else. That makes sense. I mean, I think I, I see the connection in the in the creative writing. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Joshua. I am as dumb as a box of hair when it comes to poetry. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 oldest son, uh, who is very analytical, also has got a poetic streak. And yeah. he certainly he did not get that from me. I can promise that. Uh, although I do, I enjoy, you know, conversations, interviews. I mean, that's the, the, the branch that I took. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I about the only thing I can probably uh, say in a poetic way is the old saying that he's a poet and he and he doesn't know it, but his feet show it. That's why they call him long pillows. <laughs> so so very basic level <laughs> very basic level exactly so uh the, so the, you've kind of had that vein running through you um since sixth grade what um what was the events that sort of did you I, obviously being a poet enjoy writing poetry you probably had notebooks full and and i'm guessing that this might have been part of a, a decision to take this and have them published Absolutely, yes. Um, throughout uh, my time at college and then the past um, five years or so is really the, the basis for the majority of the book. Um, God has just had my eyes opened and my ears open to things like I would pick up things from conversations that um, something would flash in my mind and be like, OK, that would be a good poem for something or we could you know, go that direction with something. Um, I'd see something my friends were going through or something that I went through and my family was going through and connect it somehow to um, some scripture and how, um, how it could go, go into a poem. Um, so this, this collection is called Truth Poet, and it's about truths of our fallen world and of our glorious God. So mm -hmm. that was that was the main thing. Like I wanted to get truth across because I saw and I heard so much from all different sources that it was that it was untruth. It was things that were lies, and um, I just wanted to combat that. Um, so that's kind of the the basis for uh, the book and what it entails. Well, uh, who who are some of the poets that you maybe have read or are familiar with that have been sort of either inspiring to you or maybe you may even patterned some of your own writing off of? I'm going to be real honest. Um, I don't have anybody particular in mind. Um, really? I've I've read a few po poets here and there, um, like Longfellow and. Uh, Oh, I'm blanking right now. Edgar Allan Poe and some things, some oh, things like that. But, yeah, but I, I didn't really model much of my stuff off of anybody in particular. Um, I do what's called free verse, and it's, okay. it's not really a. There is some rhyming in there, and there's some, um, like rhyming patterns and right. things like that, like more structured stuff. But okay. I really like the the free verse, and that's just you kind of write and put it, it put it in poetic form i guess and you feel that you're able to express yourself probably more um colorfully or more eloquently in poetry as opposed to just basic you know nar narratives or whatever yes um i i find that uh, the poetry is really more creative for me than just say writing 
a, a story or a paragraph or something what like that. that way? Is, it, is it just the way you can like uh, the, the parameters that you use or is it the way that the words are, are arranged and structured? I mean, because I mean, being someone that's pretty, pretty well ignorant on the whole idea of poet, poetic structure versus a narrative, is it, do you get that energy, I guess, from just the arrangement of the words? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I have done kind of like two, two different things. I've either started with something in mind, um, whether it's a phrase or a sentence, and then I use that to build off um, either before, after. Sometimes it's in the very middle of, it ends up being in the very middle of the poem, the very first mm -hmm. thing that I thought of. And then I've mm -hmm. got to like backtrack to create how do I get to this point? And then where mm -hmm. do I go from this point? Um, some of the poems, the, the lines are only one or two words long. So it, it, it's really like the rhyme the, there are some ones that rhyme and there are some that just, it's no rhyme whatsoever. And the lines are, it's scattered. So there's some lines that are a couple of words long and then other lines that are like a 10 or 12 words long and it, just, it flows and I, I try to make it flow. Um, interesting. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, I know that you. One of the things that you talk, talk about, especially in the press release about the book, um, is what you've said. Some of the truth is quite hard and controversial, and much is comforting. So, talk a little bit about that. I mean, what uh, what leads to that? Well, for the the hard truths, um, it's the things that I see with uh, the teenagers that I work with at work. Um, and then also I've helped uh, lead a youth group at my church for the past four or five years. And I've worked with teens and kids in church ministry for about 10 years now. Well, and, that's a good dose of reality right there. Yeah. And I, I see so much hard stuff, like the families that they come from and the situations. So the hard stuff, I'm talking things like um, suicide and depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, uh, loneliness, like all that type of stuff. Um, and then the, well, how do you, how do you, well, just stop there. And just, I'm wondering, how do you address that through poetry? <laughs> um, I, I've, I've cried sometimes mm -hmm. whenever I'm writing the stuff because wow. it, it's, it's hard because it's mm -hmm. processing it. Like you have to, you have to think about that kind of stuff. Hmm. You have to think. And the, Pretty much everything that I have in, in my book, except for, I think, maybe two of the poems, is based on reality. It's based on somebody's situation, whether mine or somebody that I know. And mm -hmm. I've had to address that in my mind to work through, okay, how like this is what happened to them. How, how might they have felt? And, I mean, I've had to try to put myself in other people's shoes to try to get that feeling of this is the reality of whatever this hardness is, whether it's like the suicidal thoughts or depression or loneliness. I mean, I've, I've had to try to get myself in those places where these people that I know have been to be able to write about it. So it's almost like linguistic empathy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I use I use empathy a lot because I, I try to put myself in their shoes. And not only that, but honestly, I, I feel the same thing. I try to feel what they might have felt so I can convey it better. 
whenever you know I, and, and when when you see those words on the page too and you it now you're not not only hearing them as you read them or see them as you write them but you know I mean, then now it's it, it's codified into the mind and that just getting that out on a like a, a physical form of of words is brings about the comforting part of it doesn't it it does um some people uh think that this is similar to like journaling. So you hear a lot of people, they journal and that's their, their outlet, their release. They journal things out just to get it out. Um, I've never been a fan of journaling in a traditional sense, like having a mm -hmm. journal and just like open writing, like, Hey, this like is what diary. I did today. Yeah. I've never been about that, but the being a poet and doing the poetry, that's always interested me because it's, it's deeper than just, getting stuff out. It's mm -hmm. thinking through things that might have happened. It is actually processing some of the stuff. So mm -hmm. I've, I've never journaled, but I, I have friends who, who do that and they get, they get the same thing that I do out of writing the poetry out of the journaling. So it's just like you said, it's getting it out and mm -hmm. onto a page. So it's not just stuck in your mind anymore. Have you ever seen when you're writing this out and then you see what you have been thinking out on ha, – ha, how has that affected you whenever – you know, you're the first one to actually see it on the written page as opposed to those that will see it in the book. How does it affect you whenever you see your words that you've just kind of arranged out of your mind sitting on that page? <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. It really is. <laughs> um, and the process of writing the book – and the process of getting it published, um, I had to kind of take a step back from the feeling of all mm -hmm. of the things that were in it just to get everything done to be able to get it published. Mm -hmm. So once I actually had the book in my hand and I started reading some of the stuff that I had written, I was in my mind, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's neat. Yeah, now, that was in a that was in a, a, a not prideful way. That was a oh, wow, right. this, I is, mean, this look, is truth getting conveyed. Well, when when God created the world, I mean, each day he would stop and look and say, it is good. Yeah. You know? I mean, he said this is neat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, well, and, uh, you, uh, you talk about the fact that, you know, you, you want to have a different perspective of truth and and you say truth is an important thing needs to be shared in any way possible what about these people that say well that's great because i've got my truth and then somebody else have their truth i mean truth is important for everybody it's to the point that sometimes you hear so many truths the whole concept of truth is kind of irrelevant so what would you define as being truth well i i touch on that in the book um in the prologue so in the introduction of everything Mm -hmm. um, and then also in one of the headings of the poem section, um, I've got a, a quote from W. Clement, Clement Stone, and mm -hmm. it says this, truth will always be truth, regardless of lack of understanding, disbelief, or ignorance. Mm. And the truth, capital T truth, is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And everything else, whether it's a truth or a lie that's disguised as truth or just misunderstanding, it'll never measure up. Mm -hmm. So we live in the day where it's your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Well, none of that is true. Um, it's just excuses and justifications and things like that. Um, 
in, in the prologue, I, I talk about how Pilate, whenever he had Jesus before him and was questioning him, he asked Jesus, what is truth? And truth was standing right there in front of him. So he didn't even <laughs> see it. Um, and then I say that uh, that's, a, that's such a question. And, and it's one that we'll all ask in our lives. Um, we, we trade things for truth. So we see something that we believe to be true, but we never research it. We never dig deeper into it. And we just blindly believe it instead of going deeper and seeing what actual truth is. Um, so to the people that, that say that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. I mean, I, I would have to, to say that they are incorrect in that. I mean, truth well, then let me, thing. well, let me ask you, I'll play devil's advocate then. Have you had people that would say to you, well, what made you the authority on truth? <laughs> um, I haven't had that specific question but i've had people um come at me saying that you know i'm quote like all high and mighty on them or something like that and mm -hmm. it's just just me per telling them or showing them something that god has already spoken in the bible and so their their beef is not with me it's mm -hmm. with god and that's I think that's conviction on their heart that if they're getting offended by something that I am saying that is truth, and I'm I'm talking about not me saying it in, in a like a negative way or sure. in a way that is condescending, nothing right. like that. I'm just presenting what the truth is, and mm -hmm. they take offense to that. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've often said to some people that all truth is God's truth. So how would you respond to that? Um, I think in the sense that um, if it all, if the truth goes back to a basis in something that God has said or has shown or one of his qualities that he is, absolutely. Um, yeah, because, you know, they, they basically they say God is good. God is truth. So if God is truth, then all truth must be God's truth. Yes. And again, I, I, think we, <laughs> I think we have to go. I think we have to go back to um, is it based in something that is is him? Uh, right. Or, it's his nature. Yeah. Because sometimes people people say things that they say that is a truth or that's true for me, but it mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't reflect a quality of God or it doesn't right. reflect something. So in that sense, I don't think that truth can be reflected back to to God. Right. But, but when you do examine what that particular truth is, when you really look at it, is it a selfish truth from man or is it a pure truth from God? Yes, that that would be the distinction. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's because a lot of people are saying, you know, for instance, a, a lifestyle or a belief system or whatever is true. But when you you've got to have a benchmark, there can't be more than one truth. Could there? Right. No, there, there is one truth, because if more than one thing was true, then either everything truth. would be true or nothing well, would be true. Right. The truth would cease to exist if more than one yeah. thing is true, yep. you know, and, 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 and you really kind of address this in the book with these poems about real situations and things of this nature. And, and so kind of take us on a little tour. What are we going to see in this book? Sure. Um, well, is it okay if I go ahead and, and read a few of the poems and we'll Absolutely. Kind of go from there? 
<clears throat> okay, so the, the first one I'm going to read, um, it's the oldest poem that I have. I wrote it back whenever I was 18 years old. Um, so that's a while ago. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's the truth that it deals with is God's invisible qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so that comes out of Romans chapter one in verse 20 saying that uh, God's eternal qualities have been made known from the beginning of time so that men are without excuse. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, this deals with that. Um, the poem is called the beach. So here it is. I drift through this world of madness, mayhem, and misguided minds. I feel evanescent. Nothing makes sense, and I blindly run to nowhere. All of a sudden, I hear the ocean. I move towards the sound and come to a sandy road. Without thinking, I make my way down. The simplicity of the area is astonishing. A rickety fence leading to a deserted beach How did I make my way here? I know not why, but it feels right. This beach, in all of its solitude, goes through the same daily routine. The man-made world is of no consequence. The ocean knows what we do not. Then I realize I was led to understanding. So that, um, I wrote that whenever I was 18. Wow. And it's based, it's based off of a photo that I took whenever I was 13. Wow. Um, I took a photo at Virginia Beach whenever my family went on vacation there. And it was of a sandy road with a rickety fence leading to a deserted beach that wasn't like nobody went there. Mm-hmm. And I had that photo pinned up in my college dorm room. And I, I this poem, I mean, it just came... I was looking at the photo and it started piecing together in my mind. And Mm -hmm. so it's, this was before I really even started following Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's how cool God is Mm because I was saved whenever I was four or five at a vacation Bible school, but I didn't really start following him until I was in my twenties. Well, I was, I was 18 whenever I wrote this, like what 18 year old (laughs) would be thinking of God's invisible qualities and stuff like that aside from, God showing himself in that. Right. Right. So. What, what uh, were you in a sense to folks that, you know, they, they, they hear the poem and they go, wow, that's really cool. But what I think, and the thing about with poetry, people can get, can make different interpretations based upon how it affects them in their life. Um, what is your intent that you want people to get from that when they read that poem? that specific poem yeah um that so the one line in here it says the the man-made world is of no consequence the ocean knows what we do not um just i I want them to get that there's a sense of peace and order Mm -hmm. and not and not chaos that Mm. god has instilled in the creation of everything from the very beginning of time um the man-made world we put things in place that create anxiety or create stress or are chaotic and that's not god Mm. god is a god of peace not a god of chaos and Mm -hmm. that same daily routine that the ocean goes through it's 
it is peace. It is God's yeah. peace made known in creation. Hmm. Do you in the in your book do you have sections uh, where the different collections of poems are? I mean, kind of tell us a little bit about the structure of how these these the collections of these poems are, are arranged. Well, um, there there's three different sections of poems, um, mm -hmm. and each particular section doesn't necessarily deal with one particular thing. It's kind mm -hmm. of a mishmash um, in each each of the sections. Mm -hmm. But I was intentional in doing that because as we walk through life, there's ups and there's downs and it, it kind of follows the pattern of, of life. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. we're up and sometimes we're down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes something unexpected happens and we've got to deal with it. And then there's something very awesome that happens and we are able to enjoy that. Um, but as far as the structure of the book, there's uh, one section of poetry first. And then there's a section of songs and mm. it's lyrics to songs that I have written. Mm -hmm. And then there's another section of poetry and then a small section of sayings. Um, so these mm. are things that are, some of them, they're only a few lines long and other mm. ones, it is more like a paragraph, like you read through a paragraph. Um, and it, it's just sayings or things that I would equate more to like, um, proverbs and things like that where it's trying okay. to impart, impart wisdom either from things that I've learned or things that I have seen and then there's a third section of poetry that finishes it out and the the poetry itself they're not topical they're like you said just just collections yes uh, there are some things that deal specifically with some things and it's kind of I would say obvious in the title of the poem okay um, but then the other things, it's yeah, it's just kind of I don't want to say random, but it's right. Just what different topics on things? Well, okay. What as far as the songs? I mean, uh, what what type of songs? Uh, what would inspire you to maybe write lyrics to songs as opposed to poetry? Well, I have always loved music as well, um, and. Uh, growing up, I would always listen. I'd have I had one of the compact CD players whenever those yep. things were around. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. And I I had I loved music, and it was always um, an escape for me. Mm -hmm. Now through my teenage years and even into college and stuff, it wasn't necessarily the best music. I'm talking <laughs> about death, death metal and things yep. like that. Where yeah. um, and there are there are Christian groups that are, are in those genres, but I was not listening to them back right, then. Right, right. Um, but it always like music always had a it always affected me. Um, yeah. And then once now, I started following Jesus, um, I started getting into a lot more of the worship music and uh -huh. the, the Christian side of things, and it just opened it up even more. Um, I was on my church's worship team for a, a few years as a singer and I, I've, I've, I did choir in school growing up and yeah. things oh, like yeah. that. Uh, I, now songs, probably lyrics, probably I can resonate a little more than just like some of the poetry that's out there. One yeah. of my favorite lyricists, uh, is Carrie Livgren, um, who was the songwriter, primary songwriter for Kansas. Oh, okay. Um, and he wrote Dust in the Wind, Carry on Wayward Son. He has a book, which you can probably still get out there, called Seeds of Change. It's his entire life story. 
and some of his lyrics are profound uh, with some of his when, when he found Christ and began following him that reflected in his songwriting and I personally that's just when he's one of my favorite lyricists um, I've ever I've ever heard. Uh, he doesn't sing any of his songs. He has other singers that sing them. Um, one of my favorite songs of his is Beyond the Pale, which is talking about looking beyond the pale into the next life. And, you know, my favorite line in that song is Beyond the Pale, no fairy tale, the lion lies down with the lamb. Hmm. And, yeah, it, it's, it's really some of his stuff, I, I can peer deep into what he's really, you know, saying. Who are some songwriters i mean since obviously music speaks to you do you have any particular songwriters or songs themselves that really sort of like dug deep and went deep in the well you might say um again i'm i'm, I'm i can't think of anybody specific at the moment um that has well when you hear these songs do you have any songs that like grab you and go wow <laughs> what so uh, it's more um the majority of the songs that I have are what I have considered uh, like metalcore songs. So right. they're still in that genre of like heavier stuff in my mind. But they're intense. Um, yes, they're they're intense. That's a good word for it. Yes, because it's it's dealing with things that sometimes we don't like to deal with, like mm -hmm. pride and mm -hmm. um, feeling that we are justified and mm -hmm. things like that. And once I started listening to some of the Christian, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Christian metal bands and things, mm -hmm. um, you look at their lyrics and I'm thinking of uh, Demon Hunter right now. Oh, I love Demon Hunter. Yeah. Uh, the new stuff, the new album, the, the double album that they put out last yes. year, the beginning of this yes. year, <clears throat> War yes. and Peace. Yes. My goodness. I, I listened to War and I was like, wow, there's so much more theology in these lyrics than there are in some worship, like most worship songs. <laughs> and I'm like, that really hit me. And I, I wrote, I wrote my songs, the lyrics to the songs before that album came out, but it just reinforced my like love for that style of music and to get it across because those type of things, those theological truths, I mean, it is like, sometimes it needs to be intense or most times it needs to be intense and not just, you know, mm -hmm. a nice little melody. Yeah. Right. Right. And a nice little package with a red bow on top. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have some songs lyrics that you, that you particularly like that you've written in this collection you'd like to, to offer? Uh, yeah. Let me, um, so I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. Hold on one second. I'm turning to it here. I was just because one of the things I do want to, to see if there's, I mean, there are, I'm, I'm sure in all this book, you've got a few that are particularly your favorites. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is one that uh, it's called In Due Time. Mm -hmm. uh, so the lyrics are Pride is a killer in this cold life. It takes and it takes and it never has its fill till it steals from you everything left with nothing but yourself that ain't going to do a thing when you come before the king the chorus humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you pride is a liar in the saved soul's life it lies and it lies and it cheats back in till it deafens god's call a man can't serve two masters and a house divided will always fall 
turn again to the Lord of all. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Pride is the serpent in this earthly life. It will strike the heel till the righteous crush its head, and it won't stand a chance when his will is done. The men of God will show the world their need to get on their knees and plead. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Look up and pray, humbly obey, sanctify today. That's great. Very impressive. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so really, I mean, it's it, it, the, the all these, if you can put all the stuff in one uh, category, and that is really all the different perspectives of truth. You know, and where did you come up with, uh, I guess, Truth Poet? I guess you probably, it sounds like you must have gotten the title of the book after you've kind of gotten everything compiled. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I actually started um, a different book of poetry um, back towards the end of college, and it was called Random Acts of Poetry. Um, <laughs> and again, that was back whenever I wasn't really following Jesus. And it was on all different types of things, like just some dumb stuff that I saw like around campus and things like yep. that. Um, yep. And that kind of went, went nowhere. Um, <laughs> and then years later, after I started writing more, um, I felt like God was like really showing me some things. And I, I had notebooks, like you said earlier, I had notebooks full of all of my, the poems and different drafts and rewriting and things like that. And I'd gone through some difficult times in my life um, in my 20s, and I wanted to, to get that published because mm. it was nothing about me. It was all like I, I wanted to I didn't want to like hoard these these things that I had written because mm. I knew that they were good. And again, that's not in a prideful sense. I knew that they were right. good and they could help people that were dealing with similar things. And so I started researching and putting things together and writing a lot more. And it, it has really come together. The past three years has really been the bulk of putting this together. And the, the title, Truth Poet, um, yeah, it, was, it came out of all of the different truths that, that I was writing about. As I was flipping through the pages of my notebooks and picking out the poems that I wanted to put in here, all of them were dealing with one truth or another. Uh, you know, uh, hearing you say this reminds me of, uh, because uh, I, one, one of my other jobs that's out there, aside from working in Christian radio, I do a morning show at a country station in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I don't know if you follow much in that genre, but they just recently had the CMA awards and they featured uh, a guy who has a current song out? His name is Craig Morgan, um, mm -hmm. and he here about a year or more ago lost his son in a drowning accident. Nineteen-year-old son, and he, uh, you know, obviously was dealing with the loss of his son. But he, being a songwriter, at one point he woke up in the middle of the night with lyrics to this song, and he hadn't really planned on ever releasing the song. But it's called "The Father, My Son." and the Holy ghost. Okay. And the more he thought of it, 
it's like I I probably need to put this out there, you know, hmm. because there might be somebody out there that is going through the same thing I've gone through. And of all people, Blake Shelton, the big country superstar that's on The Voice, mm-hmm. urged yeah. him to do it and put out a campaign to try to make that song a number one song on Apple iTunes. And it did. It, and now oh, wow. the song is actually getting traction on the radio. Hmm. Do you ever feel that you, that this collection that you've written – can have the same effect. So, you know what, I've gone through some of these things. These are some expressions that I put down and my goal is somebody can read this and say, that's me. Oh, absolutely. That is, that has been one of my prayers through uh, writing and publishing and all that is that somebody can relate to these things that are written in here. The, the description of the book says that it's real and relatable material. And it really is. Um, There's things in here that I, I've, I know that people are going to connect with and they're going to see God working um, mm-hmm. in those situations, whether it's, it's probably not going to be in, in the exact moment. Cause you know how in a lot of people in moments of chaos and things, they, they're kind of blinded by the, the situation and don't mm-hmm. always see God working, right. but that one day they can look back and see that, okay, yes, God was there in whatever the situation was. And my, my prayer is that this book, these, these poems, are able to point people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the goal. It's, uh, and, and, and ironically, I was you know, talking about Kerry Livgren. His, sir, he was on a quest for truth through his entire life, working with Kansas. He was into Eastern mysticism. He got into the Urantia book. He got into so many other things. And it was through another musician that gave him a copy of the book of Luke. That okay. he actually read, and it opened his eyes to what truth really was, and so that was his whole quest was looking for what is real truth. And so it's interesting that this is sort of a very similar situation with with your with your book. What what are, what, what once you've got it all done, and it's out there now and ready to be picked up at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you get you know your books. I mean, um, what? Now, what do you think about it? I mean, what's, what, is, uh, what is your hope uh, out of this, uh, this endeavor? Uh, for, for this book still, my, right. hope, yeah. my hope is yeah. to get it to as many people as possible. And mm-hmm. if like, I've talked with people along the way saying, um, oh, you're an author now. You're going to make lots of money and that kind of stuff. And <laughs> Really? <laughs> that was news to me because I spent a lot of money to get this thing published. Um, but that that was never the goal. And it never it's not the goal. If I make some money along the way, that's wonderful. But the goal is to point people to Jesus and to have this as a different means. Like I, I do my best to point people to Jesus in my daily life um, through church and youth group and i teach uh the middle school age kids mm-hmm. in sunday school. you really are dealing in real life there uh, yeah yeah and then the the teenagers and young adults um that i work with at work that are in the foster care stuff i mean i try to point them to truth and this is just another form of pointing people to truth that i i would not get to otherwise so yeah. I have my sphere of influence with the people that I see on a regular basis and things like that. But this kind of breaks that and it goes out into different places. Um, like I, um, I had a, an advertisement in uh, my church's like nationwide churches magazine, the Alliance life. Mm-hmm. And 
I was told by one of my friends that one of her friends, mom, who lives in northern Minnesota, um, <laughs> saw it in in the 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 magazine and was asking her daughter who lives here in Clearfield about it if he knows or if they know who I am and <laughs> th- things like that. So it's 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 able to reach further than just where I'm at right here and mm-hmm. reach a different group of people because somebody might pick up the book and see that it's poetry and they might not, might love poetry, but mm-hmm. they might not know Jesus yet. So yeah. it's a different form that somebody can pick up and read and, you know, pass on to somebody else. But the goal has always been to mm-hmm. show people Jesus. Yeah. So, so truth point is published out by inspiring voices uh, and they, they take care of getting it out on a nationwide uh, basis, right? Correct. Yes. Um, they, they have their channels and everything and the book right. is available through uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and it's available some other places as well. Uh, they, wrote up that the press release that you had spoken about and it mm-hmm. got sent out to, to 500 different media outlets in our region. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're creating a Facebook ad for me uh, that's guaranteed to get in front of at least a million people. Uh, wow. So they're, they're, they're putting their part in and I, yeah. I really appreciate that. You know, it's interesting, you know, like in, in today's age, anybody can be an author. They can publish various things. I have friends that have published all kinds of various things. Anybody can be a recording artist. You can record things in your closet at this point, you know, with some of the software that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for those that are looking at this and they, they are, you know, an aspiring writer uh, or something, uh, you know, you obviously kind of had your foot in the door being going to college and looking at journalism and knowing a little bit more how would, I mean, based upon your experience, this is your first book, uh, yet, you know, you've kind of now put your knowledge, you put sneakers on and taking them for a walk, you know, you might say, yeah. how would you describe to aspiring writers, what are some of the hurdles you had to go over and, and, and just the various ways that you had to get this uh, collection, you know, to the final stage of getting out there to print? Well, some of the hurdles that come to mind, um, time, yeah. time, time management is a big thing. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes. Um, <laughs> there were some times that I was writing so much and then something happened in life and I had to put it on the way back burner to deal with mm-hmm. and other things and then come back to it. So if you're doing this as not a full-time type thing, like, be aware of that because that's going to come <laughs> up. Um, Number two, um, money. I mean, it costs mm-hmm. money to, this is a self-published book. And even though Inspiring Voices is the publisher, I still had to pay for it to be done. They didn't pay me to author a book. Right. So um, there's that. And I've been, I've been blessed that I've been able to, to do that side of things as well. Um, not everybody would have that opportunity. There are other self-publishers out there that are a lot cheaper uh, and things like that. But they they don't put out the best i don't want to say the best they don't put out as good a quality and have a far reach as what inspiring voices and some of them do yeah the old old adage of you get what you pay for yes absolutely and i'm not saying i paid or for the top package or anything with the with inspiring voices everything has a cost absolutely and the top package was like sixteen thousand and some dollars (laughs) and that was just like 
that was a big no. And <laughs> so I, I went with something way down on the scale, but it's still buy a nice car for that, you know, <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but uh, some other hurdles, editing, the editing yeah. process is so important. And even for me, after four rounds of editing, reading my book, there's, I still came across three or four um, typos that were in there mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. four rounds of editing. And so that is really important, um, especially if you're doing like novel and that kind of stuff, because there's so right. much, so many words that are in there. There's 25,000 words that are in my book and mm. reading through them four times, I still missed a few things mm. here and there. So that's really important. And then after, after that marketing, really that's, that's the big key. Um, Cause if you have your book published and then you don't do anything with it, then it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Right. You know, um, is, is there anything that maybe we haven't covered that you want to make sure that folks understand about this, uh, to the, the truth poet book that's out? Um, <laughs> I just really want to reiterate that a lot of these things are real things and a lot of it, most of it is there's some aspect of Jesus that are in, in the poems, but there's a lot of really hard stuff in there too. Like we said at the beginning, I mean, there's poems in here that deal with um, suicide and mm -hmm. there's poems that deal with um, generational sin, like seeing sin happen in the family lines. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a real thing that people have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And there's things in here like uh, that are the deal with divorce, different poems with that and loneliness. And so it's not all just like happy, cheery, like, yes, Jesus is awesome. There's real stuff in here. And I mean, people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's gotta be, it's pretty hard stuff if it brought you to tears as you were writing some of it. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it's some of it's really personal. And there's a lot of me in this book, too. I, I do want to say that a lot of the things in here, um, they're my personal story and it's in po like poetic form. And I mean, I used to have, you know, some really negative stuff that was in my life that I was dealing with addictions and mm -hmm. um, lying. The, the back of my the book for the author thing says that I used to be a former former skillful liar and mm -hmm. truth became important to me whenever I genuinely started following Jesus. Like, mm -hmm. I was a good liar. Like mm -hmm. not many people knew that I was lying back whenever I was doing it. And that has affected me. That has really affected me. And it comes out in the, the poems of this book, the ones that are about me, because it's right. really self-reflective. Some of the right. things. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and like the name of my podcast, you know, is the, the stupid world. It's, it's, there's a lot of stupidity out there. And, and, you know, this, I guess this book is a way of trying to, be a port in the storm there's just so many things out there that life throws at you that it can get kind of stupid isn't it oh absolutely <laughs> i i chuckle because i i see so much of it that there is just a lot of a lot of stupidity out there and some of it's willful and people uh, like choose that and they know that it's stupid and they do it but then other people they're just ignorant of another way and they just so that's how that's how important the truth is to to yeah. show people truth. Yeah. Yes. 
So, truth poet, truths of our fallen world and glorious God. Um, and there's 274 pages on this thing. That's a, that's a big book. Yeah, it, it was large. It was larger than what I I thought it was originally going to be. Yeah, but uh, the nice thing is, uh, it may be a large book, but it, it, you have an opportunity to read it in small doses and and ponder a lot what's being what's on the pages. Yes, I was deliberate in. Uh, talking with inspiring voices to let them know that I want each poem to have a, the, its own page. So I didn't mm -hmm. want things run together for that specific purpose, to be able to reflect on what this one thing is saying before you just move right on to the next thing. Um, and I, I think I've left the space in there to be able to do that. Yeah. White space is, a, is always, it sometimes can be a good thing. Yes. <laughs> so uh, obviously it's available as an ebook as well. So if you're on a Kindle or something like this, you can get that as well. That is correct. Yes. So uh, great, man. Uh, I, I, I hope we've been able to cover as many things as we possibly can about the, the book. It certainly got piqued my interest and I may have to put this on my Kindle now so I can take a look <laughs> at it. Um, I <laughs> no, I'm not much of a, a poem reading person. I, I can appreciate some of the stuff, but certainly uh, it'd be a great gift for someone who loves poetry. I, that's for sure. Yes. And with like with Christmas coming up and everything, I mean, it's I think it would be a really good gift. Um, I've had yeah. lots of my friends say that they're going to order some uh, as gifts for people that they know. Yeah. And, and it's good to see that books are are not going away in our technological world as well. I agree. Yeah. Good deal, Joshua. I appreciate you taking the time and talk to us. It's been very enlightening and uh, hopefully we'll get to see more. This will, this won't be the uh, one hit wonder, but we'll see other uh, uh, collections coming from you soon. I certainly hope so as well. And I, I thank you so much, Eric, for having me on. And I, I really do appreciate the time that you've uh, given to chat with me here this morning. There is really nothing that is off limits that I would not talk about. So if you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. So if you have questions, suggestions, or recommendations about something, or maybe a guest that maybe you would like to hear from, maybe it could be you that would like to be a guest I could interview uh, for an upcoming podcast, then just uh, simply email me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. It's insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E.com. Or just send me a message. Uh, you can do that from whatever podcast platform you are listening to, or just go to podcast.insaneericlane.com. Uh, there at our Anchor Podcast Network page. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that um, I'll feature it in a future podcast. So, oh, and uh, don't forget to follow and interact with me on Facebook and Twitter also at Insane Eric Lane. And of course, it would really rock if you actually subscribe to the podcast and then share it with everybody in your stupid world. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. 
And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify, Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.